Welcome to the Cross Council Podcast, where we believe that negative emotions should not run your life. Join Mary Carlton and Steve Freitag as they share the keys they've learned from over 20 years of helping people find genuine freedom and live a more meaningful life through the truth, love, and healing of Jesus. Hey everybody, John here with a couple of announcements before the podcast gets started. First of all, this is part two of a conversation that was started last week titled, How We Collide With Our Pride. So if you haven't seen that yet, go ahead and watch that episode so that you have the context for the conversation that's just continuing on throughout this episode. Second announcement is just a reminder of our policy on Cross Council on this podcast is that we don't share any stories, any client uh, interactions, anything like that without the express permission of those people and without also changing their names. So, you know, we keep you completely anonymous. Your trust is super important. It's the most important to us. And we just want to remind you that we're not breaking it with anyone here. We've asked for permission and that's just something we will constantly do. All right, with that being said, we're going to get into it, but first, we're going to get a quick word from Jenny. Fall is here. The seasons are changing, but our God never does. We at Cross Council continue to see Him do quiet but powerful miracles. We work diligently with what God has entrusted to us. We strive to be worthy of this ministry and the beauty of what we see God doing in the hearts of His children. You've heard me say that we never turn anyone away because of their inability to cover the session fee. Would you be willing to cover that fee for someone? someone in need, someone you have never met, but someone who would be radically blessed because you gave? $100 covers the cost for one person session. We are inviting you to be that blessing to that someone. Donate online at crosscouncil.com. We might call that pride, right? They're too proud to deal with an issue they have, but it's really fear. Like you said, Steve, it's the fear of what's going to happen if I was to be open and honest about this thing, you know, is it going to derail my career? Is it going to brand me forever? It's, is it going to whatever? And those are all thoughts the enemy tells us, you know, to keep us from coming to Jesus and coming clean with everything. You know, but the truth is that the Lord works good through those situations and, and it matures us and it actually makes people, though those who who really do understand the chastising of the Lord, it makes those people actually trust you more because you were willing to be honest about something that could be considered shameful or painful. So Mary, as you were talking, I was also reminded of somebody else who uh, sent me a thank you. And so she said, Hey, I'm so grateful. I found this ministry after I left the session, the Lord continued to minister to me in it. I just love that. So, because the Lord doesn't stop working when they leave cross council. I found that to be true. So, right. And and she says, if you remember the memory I went to was being in this play in Girl Scouts and I had to play a mean old man, right? Which was, there was the one role that none of my other girlfriends wanted to play. It was, I mean, she didn't say this, but it was like, well, I got the, I got the short straw. Right. To play this man. I can't remember if she even mentioned what the, what the little skit was or something that that the scout leader made up or not. So, um, so they made fun of her because she was chosen to be the old man. They made fun of her sort of when she was doing that. And then it was just something for the next couple of weeks, which probably felt like years to Mm -hmm. uh, an 11 year old or however old she was. I just, but she, as they made fun of her, as her friends made fun of her, she said, I pretended that it didn't bother me, but it brought so much shame. I felt so dismissed, but 
and then she says, it wasn't a word I would have used back then, but just so shameful. She felt so shameful. So she said, I remember even sticking up my nose at them and saying that I didn't care what they thought, right? Which mm. is a big defense mechanism and and lie. But mm-hmm. When you announce that, that means you really do mean that I don't care what you think. All right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. well, and when, who do we lie to the most? We lie to ourselves the most, right? Mm-hmm. But. Wow, just the processes of us, even as kids, right? So, um, yeah. She also said, I made this decision back then that I wouldn't let anyone hurt me. Pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, this vow or decision, she said it, she carried it with her throughout her life. And one of the ways that played out was she wouldn't let anyone help her with anything, whether she needed it or not. And that's in caps, whether I needed help or not. Mm-hmm. Because it would show what? Weakness, which would show that you're not good enough, you're not capable, all those things. So mm-hmm. so it was a sign of weakness. And now I see that it was a way to not ever feel vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so as, as she processed more and more of this with the Lord, because she just sensed the Lord with her, like almost like, I don't know how to explain it. Like the Lord just had this smile. I guess he had the smile on his face as he saw Whereas this old man, and it's like the Lord was like, hmm. you kind of look kind of cute. <laughs> that was the impression <laughs> that he, she got. And like, if I would have mm-hmm. said, Oh, I bet you look cute, she would have been like, Right? You're just like my friends. Right. Yeah. But when Jesus does it, oh my goodness, the difference. Yeah. And she could actually laugh at herself as playing that old man. Mm-hmm. And she could never have done that before. How miraculous is that? She probably could have said, you know, if somebody would have brought it up, she probably could have laughed about it, but as a coping mechanism of not feeling the real pain that was still in that place. But when you experience truth from Jesus, Mm -hmm. our heart gets lighter. And so that, and so just even with, with pride, I think she didn't write this in the email, but it was sort of like that, that not ever wanting anyone to help her was a form of pride. It was just this, I can mm-hmm. do it myself. I don't need you. You weren't there when I needed you to support me. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let myself be vulnerable like that. So again, if it's just, if somebody could have that same kind of issue and recognize that, boy, I've never, I don't let people help me. And mm-hmm. so they might make a concert, conscious decision. Okay. The next person who says they want to help me, I'll let them help me, yeah. which isn't bad. But it doesn't mm-hmm. deal with the thing deeper inside. You're constantly sure. fighting that thing. So just the difference between us trying to change versus us being changed by the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth and love of Jesus. And think of what we're missing when we don't do that is we're missing receiving his love. You know, it. His love is like no other force on the planet. It's it's so wonderful to receive his love, his acceptance, to hear what he has to say about us. It does change what we believe and it changes our emotions. But gosh, what does it do for our relationship with him? Right? It just deepens that because we feel loved like we've never experienced on this planet before. And it just draws us to this one who isn't like anyone on this planet. 
and and it draws us into even even just an understanding of how much bigger and different and capable he is than anything that I could come up with myself to try to solve my issues. So, so many things happen when we allow the Lord to come in and, and where he already is, actually, but we allow him access, maybe is a good way mm-hmm. to put that. We allow him go. access to things that we ourselves are unwilling to look at or feel. And when we do that, how it changes everything. It's just so worth it. It's so beautiful. I'm so proud of you for the way you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> no, it was great. I'm just saying because, oh, okay. because of the subject. <laughs> oh, you're making a joke, aren't you? Because it's the theme. <laughs> See, I don't get the jokes. I just (laughs) sorry. I'm full of wisdom, Steve. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not just a cornball. I actually, and I'm over here like. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking. I was just going to say, "Wow, that's really great," but then I thought, "Okay, with the subject, okay, exactly." That was so good. I mean, yeah, I I actually I'm okay with the fact that I never get jokes. At least it takes me several seconds for sure to, yeah. for it to sink in. Makes it funnier. <laughs> for everyone else, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> I do remember a guy who came in for ministry one time who um, he was in counseling with the pastors. He and his wife were for their marriage because their marriage was in bad shape and he was an elder or he had some position in the church. And I remember him just sitting there the whole session, basically arguing with all the things that we know to be true. Like you feel what you believe. Okay. So you're believing this thing and you're feeling all, or you're feeling all of these negative emotions, but you think it's because of the way your wife's acting. You don't want to accept the fact that there's some things that you're believing deep down that's causing your emotions. It was a very hard session and I had an intercessor with her with me. And, um, she she was just like writing and taking notes, you know, and praying, trying to think of how is this going to end? And it didn't end well, unfortunately. I mean, this is the only person that has ever done this to me, but I guess he'd brought a, a love offering cash to give us for the session. And after about an hour, he just threw it down on the table and he got up and he left Oh, that that's probably the one of the worst examples of someone who is just so pridefully refused to admit that there was anything going on inside of him, that it was all what his wife was doing that was causing the problems in their marriage. And and it was getting very critical. And that I kind of got a little bit of an inkling of why maybe they were having some issues, although I know there's always two. Um, But that that was. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. (laughs) Wild. And I don't know what happened with that guy. I never followed up with the pastors to see, you know, how, how, what's happening, you know, did they stay together? Any of that? I I generally don't because I didn't know the person. So I didn't follow up. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've seen kind of firsthand um, with some friends of mine, like 
this whole like what pride can do if it goes unchecked, you know? So like even with the example that uh, Mary gave us just now, go in and get it looked at. Even if you feel like, you know, this isn't a problem. I'm not the problem here. If you have people around you saying that there is a problem and you're not examining Mm -hmm. it and you're just saying like, no, there can't be, I'm me. Why would there be a problem with me? You might have a problem. Like go get it looked at. Like, cause in the example from, uh, from my friend's life, I witnessed actually, um, I was hanging out with them at, at their house and the brother and the sister of this family, they, uh, they are not friends. Unfortunately, they're very different people and they have their own struggles and they're very stubborn. So, uh, one of them annoyed the other one just enough that it set off everything and they started arguing and neither of them were backing down. And, uh, the, the dad was in there and he's like trying to like very, like, just be like, no, no, there shouldn't be arguing like this in my house, blah, blah, blah. And they weren't paying attention to him because he was trying to like interject and they were like locked in on each other. They were just at each other's throats and uh, they weren't listening to him. So I actually ended up having to get in there and be like, hey, listen, li- hey, enough. I love you both. You've got you both got good points. But if we're going to do this, we need to like, let's step outside and do this. Let's talk it out because this isn't helping anyone. And uh, they ended up real mad and just like did not talk to each other the rest of the day. I still don't know if they're talking to each other, but um, afterwards their, their dad, who's like, you know, a friend of mine was talking to me and he's not talking about the fact that his daughter and his son just got into like a nasty argument. He's talking about, I can't believe they would disrespect me in my own house like that. And I had to be like, uh, hello, this wasn't ever about you. Why are you turning this into a you thing? They clearly are hurt and angry at each other. You didn't even factor in. He's like, yeah, I know. It's like they didn't even hear me. I'm like, you're, you're not getting what I'm telling you here, which is that you are not the center of this. And if you make this about you, they're not going to talk to you about it. And it took me saying that a couple times because like it was just such a different thought for him, you know, as someone who was very prideful. I've seen firsthand how like instead of being the mediator, that pride got a hold of this man and he made it about him. And he did not like put that pride. He did not sacrifice that pride for the sake of peace, for the sake of loving his kids. And that rift, I'm pretty sure is still there today. So You know, like it's not a happy story, but it's to say, you know, like if this is something you're struggling with and like a part of you might know it, like go get it looked at before it ruins something, you know, like get it taken care of before it breaks something really valuable in your life, like those relationships. Yeah, I think it's really hard work to just lay down your pride. That's That's a phrase that we use. Extremely and maybe in, 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 in certain situations, okay, maybe I should just lay down my pride and maybe something good comes out of that. But it seems like it's a lot of hard work and it just seems to me like it's spiritual gymnastics in your mind to just lay down your pride because you're not really getting at the root of what's driving that pride in the first place. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. What, look, like when people say, not that they, like Mary said, I don't think they really come in. Not many people come in and say, well, I'm full of pride. That's why I'm here. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, well, for example, there was this guy, Mark, that came in 
and he knew that there were issues in his marriage. He'd, he'd been divorced before and he was heading toward another divorce. And it wasn't just that he couldn't afford another divorce. It's like, okay, there's, um, there's, there's kids involved now. So I know that I need to do something, but his mindset still was, what do I do with this wife of mine? That's just so critical of me all the time. I didn't know his wife. I didn't know how critical she was, but in the melt process, okay, Mark, focus on, okay, when was she last critical of you? Oh, about two nights ago, she was just on me for something. Okay. I don't need to know the details of that. Okay. But if you feel that, okay, what did you feel? I was just really angry and bitter and resentful. Okay, great. Understood. Every I, I get that. But mm-hmm. all right, if you slow down and you feel that and you peel back the anger, the resentment, the bitterness, any of that stuff. What's really going on underneath there? What's the more vulnerable emotion that you feel there? And you don't have to name it. That that doesn't always get named, but he just felt this, oh, it just doesn't feel very good. It feels kind of icky Mm -hmm. and it feels kind of scary to feel that. It wasn't necessarily fear that he was feeling, but okay. And I don't say like in my mind, I'm like, would you just trust me? (laughs) But that's that's not even, (laughs) but that's necessary to a point, but okay, I guess I'll do this. Okay. Focus on that. Feel that. You know what? Set your wife aside just for now. Mm -hmm. Feel that emotion and just see what happens as you ride that wave of emotion and Lord help him to have the courage to go wherever that is as he rides that emotion. See where your mind connects. Boom. And even to just reinforce the idea that, you know what? It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be this whole uh, complete understanding of why you're going there, but just in a sense, trust your mind, trust the Lord's leading. Okay. So he goes back to when his, his dad was a coach of his. So his dad was a fairly decent athlete and this guy Mm -hmm. was a pretty good baseball player. And his dad was always rioting him more than the other players because, Mm -hmm. you know, he would say, well, I just Mm -hmm. think that you've got more potential, but he just the way that he rode him all the time, Mark just became hypersensitive to to the criticism because it wasn't just, you know, afterwards him taking Mark aside and saying, Hey, I think you could really improve here or here, but it was, it was shaming him in front of the team. And even, mm-hmm. he, and he would talk yeah. to some of his friends and like, what's the deal? Or they would even say, why is your dad so hard on you? And so he knew logically yeah. this was over the top, but it was just this constant barrage of I'm not good enough. I don't matter. Even though, you know, like statistically he could look at, at how he was doing as a baseball player and go, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. And yet he just like inside at some point, he just quit and then he didn't do as well. And his, mm-hmm. and, and I think his dad finally gave up on criticizing him, but it just, it really connected to that. And then even at like 16 years old or so that can even be a secondary memory and he goes back to some other stuff that his dad was really critical about him. Just, uh, I don't remember if he was like seven, eight years old or so, but it was that same feeling that he had as a kid and buying into, I don't matter. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so as he stepped into that, just <laughs> long story longer, um, he just sensed Jesus doing something in that kid's heart and that got resolved. And then he went to the high school memory. And then he started thinking about his marriage and, and realizing I have carried this throughout my whole life. And yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe it would be good if my my wife and I communicated better, 
But if I'm not so overly sensitive to this thing that I've carried my whole life, maybe I could receive some things from her that would be helpful. And so he became less prideful because it wasn't as much of a threat to him when she would say certain things. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's, it's so common actually that Mm -hmm. kind of an experience when people come in for ministry and they're dealing with marital issues that they begin to realize, wow, this, this, this is some things that I've, I've felt my whole life. And actually, as you were talking, Steve, I thought of the guy that threw the money down on the table again, <laughs> because I remember in that session, a couple of times he said, you know, my wife just won't listen to me and she's supposed to respect me. Isn't that what wives are supposed to do? Isn't that what the godly command is to respect me? He said, I've dealt with this feeling of being disrespected my whole life and I've just had enough. And I would call him on that. He said a couple of things like that where I said, okay, so, so you just talked about how you've had this feeling your whole life. Would you be willing to see if there isn't some healing and truth that God has for you, not connected to your wife? And that kind of just made him mad. It's like he realized he shouldn't have said that, you know, because then <laughs> you zeroed then it in it like obvious. instantly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but he, he, it was, I wanted him to get freedom, mm. right? I, yeah. I wanted him to get freedom. That was my goal is okay that that we know that the solution is not rooted in what your wife's doing. We know the solution is is rooted in Jesus connecting with that little boy who who felt disrespected or whatever it was at that age that that occurred in his heart. So, yeah, I wasn't trying to, you know, trick him. I was trying to help him. Um but that was there was just a lot of resistance there. And honestly, this was over 10 years ago. So I'm hoping today, you know, he has a great marriage. He's gotten some healing. The Lord really dealt with his heart some other way, Mm -hmm. you know, because otherwise that person is heading for a miserable life, right? Yeah. You know, not having those attitudes, blaming other people for their feelings, but not, not ever getting resolution. So it's, you know, have another marriage, see if that person's different. Well, they're not likely to be, you know, or lose another job. You know, that boss wasn't good to me, or that's the kind of life that's in front of someone uh, that, that has issues with pride or resistance to dealing with their heart or resistance to being humble in their heart. They're, they're going to stay where they are and life circumstances will just keep keep poking on those buttons and we'll make, we'll be difficult for them. That's not what God's plan for them is that that isn't at all. Jesus Mm -hmm. came to give us life and life abundantly, but we have a choice right in it to submit to that, to humble our hearts and submit to that. And if we don't, and we're proud, the word says he resists and, and he does, he resists us. So we're all about helping people understand why they do these things, why they shoot themselves in the foot, for example, in in not wanting to get ministry, not wanting to deal with what's going on, and and just resisting the work of the Lord in their heart. Right, because if they don't, the darkness just grows. That's it's natural for things to go darker and darker and darker yes. and bitterness more more and more bitterness as the darkness grows. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a, 
I don't know if it's a, an irony. Help me with the word. But so I, this is what I believe about God. It's like I could do nothing the rest of my life and God would still love me. But I also believe that God has called us to do things. And that mm-hmm. there, there is great benefit in working hard. Is that an irony? Mm-hmm. Is that the right way to put it? Was dichotomy. It a dichotomy was the other word uh, that I had. I don't know. I'm just racking my brain. Um, yeah. Oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Probably so, don't know the real meaning of any of those words. <laughs> right. So we get so um, resistant to difficult things. And not to get, I'm going to really try not to go down a political, too far of a political road, but um, we're, <laughs> right now as we're recording, we're just, what, less than a week from the attack on Israel from Hamas. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have actually forced myself to look at some of the horrific video. I don't like looking at that stuff, but you, you start looking at how some of those people, like we get so desensitized on TV or movies with dead bodies, right? It's like, oh, that's, you know, obviously, you know, that's fake. But to look at some of the footage that soldiers actually recorded gleefully of killing people and then decapitating them. And, and some of those, some of the videos were cut off by the news feeds that I had, but it was really close mm-hmm. to the full deal. And I just, I had tears in my eyes for what mm-hmm. those people were going through. But I also was like, what happens in a human heart that they actually mm-hmm. enjoy that? They were celebrating killing these Jews. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a trail I don't want to go down too far, but just the idea that I have to force myself to to confront what is evil in this world. I also have to look at what's evil inside of me as far as the lies that I believe, mm-hmm. not me being inherently evil, but the evil of darkness that the enemy wants to use to steal, steal kill, and destroy. So, Yeah, I think that's really good, Steve, actually, because we we are so familiar with someone that we don't even know. And that's God. We're, we're so familiar with him that we're not afraid of him like mm-hmm. we really should be. And fear as in awe of his power and his majesty and and the fact that we are his ambassadors here. And so if we're if we're um, our hearts are darkened of anything, it's it's like that's a place where the the darkness has a hold in us. And we can't tolerate that. We shouldn't tolerate that in any measure. We shouldn't tolerate it because you're right. It does continue to grow. And that hook that the enemy has, he keeps pulling on it and it's causing other issues in our life. And so, um, yeah, to go to that length is a lifetime of someone allowing that to happen and justifying it and listening to the enemy justify it and believing him versus believing what God says. So I think it's important that you bring that out because we're not here just to be a ministry to, to lift ourselves up. It's to cleanse the body of Christ so that when Jesus comes, we're without spot or wrinkle that we are a glorious bride for him. And that 
everything that we have is worth giving for that goal, for that end. Yeah, we don't have a ministry, so people feel better. Mm -hmm. Exactly. John, you were going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, like prayers for that whole situation in the Middle East, you know, like, Mm -hmm. honestly, like for both sides of it, you know, like prayers for Israel, who's getting full on attacked right now and prayers for, you know, like the, the Gaza Strip, which is, I think, getting bombed now in response, you know, and like the Christians that are there and, you know, families that are also there, too. So, yeah. God, uh, God, please sort this out. Yeah. Exactly. For all the innocents, mm-hmm. right? All the innocents that are being caught in that mm-hmm. war and yeah. the, the carnage that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has been the Cross Council Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, share with your friends, and look for us on social media. The world will become a much better place and Jesus will be seen in a much better light the more we are transformed by his truth and love. We'll see you next time, everybody.